welcome to the Eva podcast. My name's Erin. I'll be your host where we explore all things health information technology and Eva, the first interpretive health record system. So without any further delay, let's get this episode started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Eva podcast. So glad to have you here with me today. Well, we're going to talk about onboarding again. Yes. Why? Because it's so important and when it is terrible, boy is it terrible. So, let's dive into this episode where we explore onboarding, our onboarding support and how we've gotten to the solution that we think works best for our future clients, which is every onboarding is customized. So we've created a questionnaire and we really start asking these questions from the moment you request a demo and we get to know you, your practice, and your needs. We also start to see what your clinical workflow looks like, aka business operations, and this allows us to say, okay, from what we've seen and the onboardings we've done, we recommend this approach to you learning this medical software. Because that's really what onboarding is, right? We are learning how to use a medical software in our independent medical practice to meet our needs. So, and every practice may have some similarities, but generally they are all very different, just as the unique as the individuals that work within them. So um, we've now kind of decided to move towards that full customization piece and give you those options for you to make the ultimate decision, of course, but for us to give you our feedback on that. Because at the end of the day, you know, our goal is to support patient outcomes, which means supporting provider outcomes, which means we want you to be successful with our software. And onboarding is the way to do that. So without any further ado, I'm going to dive into this podcast. We have our entire executive team as guests today, which is super exciting. So Dr. Mahoney, uh, Nathan and Jeremy. Jeremy's our newest member on the podcast, even though he's been with Eva for a while now. He is the director of development. Nathan's our COO, and of course, Dr. Mahoney, uh, also known as Dr. J, is the founder and physician who uses Eva every single day. So let's jump right in. All right. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining me today, all three of you. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, so, you know, our onboarding podcast was the most listened to in a very short period of time. And I knew we wanted to end with onboarding for um, this season, right? Even though we'll continue to have content, but this is really just kind of our overview of Eva. Um, talking about what Eva is. And I want to end on onboarding again because it's so important. Um, and there's just not a lot of conversation around successes and failures with onboarding, but specifically like medical software, right? So I'm going to throw some questions at you and we'll kind of round table this. Um, but really, our main goal is to help uh, all, anybody listening understand the return on investment for onboarding. Um, is huge. So doing your onboarding right and really investing your time into that space is worth it for your long-term business success. I mean, that's just the bottom line. 
All right, so today I've got Nathan, our COO, Dr. J, of course, our founder, physician, extraordinaire, my favorite podcast guest. <laughs> and then we've got our director of development, Jeremy. We've not had you on yet. I'm super excited to have you with this one because development's a huge part of the onboarding process. Um, some good insight there. Um, so the first question, um, well, you know, as a company, we've learned a lot with onboarding multiple practices now. And really what we've decided as a company to do is to help you to triage you as a, as a medical practice, right? We're going to say, okay, tell us what's going on with you. Um, and we'll tell you what we think you need as a successful onboarding. And let's talk a little bit about why we've decided to do that. Well, let me, let me just start for me. I, I've done a lot of this over the years. And what happens when people onboard with Eva, there's so much, oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever seen. This is so great. All this, I had no expectation that a system could be like this. So onboarding with Eva is not like onboarding with anything else. It's, um, it's prettier, uh, it's easier, and it makes more sense than any other system once you get accustomed to what's going on. But it's a shift because most systems are built with a primary goal of the insurance outcome. What is the outcome so that we can get our billing correct to the insurance company to make them happy? Eva is not like that. Eva is oriented like everyone who decided to go to study to be a health professional. We want to help patients. So Eva is completely oriented that way. And that's why Eva onboarding is different than any other onboarding ever, anyone has ever done. It's more beautiful to work with, but it also requires a shift in your perspective back to your roots. When you first started and you were idealistic and thought, wow, we're gonna really help people. And this is gonna be dynamite. So just to kind of put it in that light, it's a way more positive thing than geeky, sitting down trying to crunch a whole bunch of data silos and that kind of thing. It's not like that, sorry, Jeremy. Um, but it's, <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a lot more fun than that. And yeah. I think if it's embraced from that perspective, it can be almost like going on a first date and, and how exciting that can be, where there's just a, an opportunity for things to be so much better. Um, yeah. And proper onboarding ultimately results in a really, really great uh, use of the system. And for us, using it every day in clinic, it's a blast. And we, yeah. we joke about it all the time, how we actually like it. We have fun with it. It's fun to work with. So to start from there, onboarding can be a phenomenally fun thing to do. And for people who have um, the, the intent to really do a great practice, it, whatever it costs in terms of the investment of time yeah. or money, it's worth it. It just yeah. makes sense. So anyway. Yeah, and, and to his point, um, I think also when practices jump into EVA, it opens this whole new world for them of opportunity and exploration of like, wow, I get to do things the way I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And what that causes, it really then presents the practice um, with the potential of really having to look at themselves and how do you run your practice? How are you doing? You know, we talked about workflow in that last pot onboarding podcast and how important that is. But Eva will expound that and, and really make you have to, you know, make you think through your processes in a way because most systems are geared, like Dr. Mahoney said, um, they're geared toward uh, insurance outcome, not patient outcome. Whereas Eva is absolutely geared toward the patient outcome. And what that means is then it makes you think of um, 
how do we best take care of the patient? And in order to do that, everything has to be connected. And so Eva is so interconnected with everything. You have to then think of, well, if I do this and this could happen and I get to train Eva like an employee, uh, you don't have to think through that process with most systems when onboarding. But with Eva, it, you begin asking these different questions. And so that does present a whole, like you said, a triage. Like, how do you, how do you, how are you running your practice? Um, so yeah, and ultimately, it makes you a better clinician. It's absolutely. not just, it's just not an accounting software where you get your ICD-10s knocked out. Or, or a word processor. And yeah, yeah, it doesn't do that. Uh, though it does do all that, that's not the point of Eva. Yes. The point of Eva is for it to be a seamless flow of, hey, I have an idea how I can help this patient. And then Eva takes that information pushes it straight through through the the, uh, the note and the billing and all that it's all done seamlessly yeah. and the intent is to create great health outcomes and then the billing and everything pops right out and it's there but that's not the point that's not the point of you so it requires a shift in mentality back to a more um if you will virginal state of medical learning yeah. where you're just like oh it's just the wonder of helping people and, and Eva restores that, which is really cool. That was our whole goal with this from the very beginning, is to put people in a position where they could use software to make their practice better yes. because the patient care and the outcomes were better. Which then in turn gives the clinician better quality of life oh my personally. Yes. You know? So <laughs> I mean, it's no, a hours back. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. So onboarding is so critical because doing it well, doing it early, multiplies the, the value back. Uh, just knowing how to drive the ship yes. is so critical yes. um, and, and it's a ship worth driving. <laughs> so I think one of the, you know, we talked about this, this, this morning, Dr. J, but something I want to make clear kind of to our listeners or anybody interested in Eva is because we are foundationally driven and designed with a totally different intention, right? Our intention is patient outcome driven and not regulations and coding. Um, we can we can really take control of the care we give which means you get to organize and put out there how you want to give your care some providers who've been in sort of more of the traditional system or nurses for a very long time are used to fragmented thinking because the systems they've used are fragmented on purpose and the reason is there is no transparency so you have developers they have nothing to reference that says, hey, if you do this, then it equals an approval, right? There's no transparency there. So, you know, if we find that, if we, you know, do our onboarding survey with you and we find that, hey, you're not really clear how you want to move forward, like how to organize that information, we'll suggest a little bit more support because you've been doing this for a very long time you know it's it and that is to be respected and valued like so having that insight is not a negative thing what it is is this, this like amazing supportive um, opportunity for providers to transition and i kind of want to speak a little bit to that what does it mean to be able to like in your onboarding actually access a team of individuals who've been working in this kind of care for over 20 years i mean you've got processes understood business operations understood right if you've been working in the traditional system you there is no transparency there there's no way you could understand 
how to get an approval every single time because it's always changing. That's why these systems fail. It's not because they have bad developers or, you know, the people trying to help are bad people. It's because there's no transparency. How could they design something great? The system's not meant for, for success. Yeah, so the deal with the way that EVA has been developed is that it has been developed within a clinic. So from the beginning, um, if, if you just want to make it a very simplified situation, a patient has a urinary tract infection. So a patient comes in with a complaint and that complaint drives the interaction. The interaction is urinary tract infection. That's what we call it. But we know, people who are in clinical medicine, that urinary tract infection requires several steps. The patient needs to be uh, invited into the office, scheduled, done. That's part of the interaction. They need to be put in a room, done by, the, by EVA. They need to be um, given a brief physical examination, make sure that they look okay and they're not septic, done by EVA. There needs to be a treatment plan, which is uh, includes urine, urinalysis uh, and a culture scent, and then uh, some antibiotic treatment probably, and um, a follow-up and instructions to drink a lot of water, and those things. EVA does all of that, all of that is included, but most medical record systems don't have any orientation to that. No. The question is, UTI is coded number, XO5 or whatever the number is, and that's, that's, this, that's what the ICD-10 code is. And then the procedures is like, well, I don't know, who knows? So after the, all the work is done and the, the guessing is done, uh, well, I don't know what the doctor's gonna want, but try this and do these things. And sometimes you have a knowledgeable staff and they'll be able to room a patient well and do those other things and do the bios well. And, um, but even does all this stuff for you in advance. And what you're left with at the end is, is in a traditional system is that uh, I don't know what procedures or treatments the patient is gonna need, where with EVA, the interaction is understood. The antibiotic therapy, some uh, fluid and hydration instructions, and uh, some follow-up. Understood, understood, understood. If those, if those quote unquote standing orders that EVA has change, the clinician can change it. That's not a problem on the fly and it's fast. And then at the end, all that billing and all the invoicing is complete by EVA. The doctor just has to approve it and it's done. In a traditional system, all that, all that is available is you make the diagnosis and put the patient in the room. From there, it's all a black box and good <laughs> luck. So, and then you, you have to fill out everything uh, as if it were brand new, like you've never, ever treated a UTI before. Yeah. Like yes. that you've never seen it before. And that you never did the same treatment on everybody like we do macrobid twice a day for people. <laughs> we know what we're going to do. We know. <laughs> and there are probably 80% of the patients that we see have a known interaction. We know exactly what they need and we'll follow down that path. But a standard medical record doesn't do that. A standard yeah. medical record says basically, uh, the patient, we think they have a urinary tract infection because they're, they're burning. After that, it's all just try to figure it all out and put it all together and spend all that intellectual energy that you could spend one time in your onboarding yep. and be done, be done for years oh, and yeah. years. <laughs> and years and all those UTIs that used to make you go, oh, I roll another UTI. I got to write all that up. No, you don't. That's you have to say, yeah. yep, that is a UTI. And then when it's all said and done, you get to spend the time with the patient having a discussion about what might be causing your UTI. And what yes. might be what might be the relational opportunity you have to enhance your relationship with the patient instead of trying to sit there and document and code yeah. everything and make sure all the all the wet bells are rung and all the whistles are whistled and all that stuff. We don't do that. It's all done by Eva. Eva does that in advance if you onboard properly. Yeah. And that's why 
and a this doctor is... who doesn't know how he treats a UTI, yeah. or an MP doesn't know how to treat a UTI, it's going to be a little bit more work. We're going to have to sit down with them and, and kind of hammer through the process of you know thinking it through. It's a diagnosis, a treatment plan, and all those things, and that takes onboarding time. Yeah. And because it takes time, and because it's valuable, uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be more involved financially too. So. Yeah. You know, one of the more frustrating in the last clinic I was in with the specialists, we dealt with interstitial cystitis quite a bit, you know, and there's people who believe in it, there's people who don't, whatever. But really what was going on is we had a lot of success in treating it, but the treatment took a tremendous amount of education. And every single time we, you know, wrote down this really long history, we went in to go check out, you know, the bladder, blah, 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 what we did, cystos and found these images and then we gave all this documentation for education for diet and all this stuff, right? And really it was this really long arduous process that we went through every single time and the, the appointments took quite a bit of time because there was so much education. Whereas if I would have had a system like Eva to navigate that, really interstitial cystitis is very similar conversation every time, right? Here are some things to avoid, whatever. I would have had those follow-up instructions automatically emailed. All the education could have been inside of that as well. You know, everything, I could have had touchscreen on the wall, gone over everything with the patient, and the whole history already in the chart from taking it from before, from EvaCore. So it would have like t literally cut the time in half um, and, and that is of tremendous value, not only to the provider, but the patient too. I mean, so for me, it's like, could I now write the clinical workflow for interstitial cystitis for that provider? Yes, I could, because pretty much she did the same thing every time and then tweaked it a little bit per individual, right? That's great. So I think too, this is something that we hear a lot because we take, we, we work with a whole bunch of different kinds of doctors, mm -hmm. naturopaths and some chiropractors and so we have a, quite a spectrum. So their exact approach is going to be a little different. So their, the way they build interactions are going to be different. And I think that there's always been a concern about like cloning charts and things like that. We don't clone. We use an interaction framework and that interaction framework is modified as things go by that would deviate from the normal pattern. And because Eva's built the way she is, yeah. you can, from anywhere in the chart, you can click on um, the patient's face, their image, and immediately from that from that place, send messages. So if there's a if there's a deviation from that follow-up instruction that you'd have, I can send a patient a message which will come up on their text from that from that actual chart page. It will be stored and recorded in Eva permanently. Mm -hmm. It will say, hey, by the way, I remembered that pineapple's a bad thing for you. So we're gonna exclude the pineapple juice from that one instruction. So sorry about that. Make sure you exclude pineapple juice. Hey, so great seeing you today, Dr. Day. And it gets sent off, it's recorded permanently. Yeah. And that's what you were saying about transparency and connection. Everything's interwoven. Yes. So you don't have to go outside of the chart to go for some messaging system or do something crazy like that. And to learn that in the onboarding process yeah. is just so powerful. And I had a patient, I think we may have mentioned this before, I texted him of something because it was it was not part of the, the the regular interaction i texted him and reminded him of something and he sent a text back this is a guy and a guy guy kind of <laughs> so he texted me back and said i love you dr j thanks for paying attention to that it was really fun and it, it really it builds that kind of thing and people are used to that kind of communication they're yeah. used to that you know being texted back and forth and those things and a system that supports that and does it well is really really powerful and because none other really does it like that it, the onboarding process is required you got to learn how to do that. You need to learn how to flow yeah. in relationship with the patient 
and what they're dealing with in a way that's different than a uh, ICD-9 CPT code system right. that really focuses on billing and collection rather than patients and, get, and getting well. Yeah. So. But I, I think to be fair, we kind of have to step back a second when we talk about onboarding because typically what we get asked all the time, and this is very common when talking about moving into a new system, is what's your onboarding process look like? They're not necessarily asking um, what does it take to get treatment plans set up and all that. That's not necessarily what they're, what they're really meaning is I have a bunch of data. How do I take this data and dump it into this new system? <laughs> and that's really kind of what they're like, because they're so ingrained with this data, data, data. I have all these charts. I have all this stuff. How do I move it in? That's in their mind, most people's mind, onboarding means how can I quickly start using your system? Because they're not used to that. They're not used to the treatment plan. They're not used to, to training EVA. They're not used to training their system and how they operate. They're just used to, I have all this stuff, all this data with my patients. I need to use it somehow. How can I do that? How can I quickly move my patients in here? How quickly can I, you know, uh, is it possible to move charts or whatever, whatever they ask. You get asked all these you know, Jeremy, we know that, this all the time. That's kind of where I step in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a, a large part of what they mean by onboarding um, without realizing how interwoven EVA is and how much more it can do for you when you actually take a second to step back, think about your processes, uh, how you would, you know, see a patient with, you know, urinary tract infection. How would you set that up? Because if you do it, like you said, do it one time, you're done. Well, do right they don't the necessarily time. think that way initially until they get in and like, oh, wow, there's a lot here. So I think going to uh, Aaron, your point is, you know, our onboarding does look different than most systems. And the fact that we have different paths, you know, different ways you can you can onboard with us. But it's really a customized approach because we have to know where you are in that process. What yeah. kind of practice are you? Uh, because it's not a one size fits all. Just no. not. I had a, a prospective client uh, I talked to on the phone yesterday who we've been talking to for a while and they're, you know, they've been um, approached by some of the other larger systems that I've worked with. And, you know, they asked about onboarding and they said, you know, a lot of these other organizations, because they are built around coding, really, um, yeah. when you, you are going to get onboarding, um, generally you pay a price for really customized onboarding or you basically learn how to schedule people and you have a very simplified system, right? Your onboarding is based off of the functionality you're really buying. Um, and so it's different because we don't piece out our software. We don't have you ups, we don't upsell any of our capability. We are one package. And so for us to be responsible, and like our goal is for you to be successful because if you're successful, we're successful, patients are successful. We can't piecemeal out our onboarding like that. Right. What we have to do is we have to know you as an individual business, as an individual practice. We we have to treat you the way we want you to treat your patients, right? <laughs> so yeah, so you, good. You at the end of the day have to make, you get to make your choice. So if you choose hands-off onboarding because it's the cheapest option, then, and, but you're not ready for it. And we say, hey, you're not ready for that. Um, we'd love to support you so we can get this done quickly and efficiently for you. Um, then, you know, that's part of your reality. So it's really about making smart investment decisions as well. Um, so I have a quick, you know, question that I wanna ask to Nathan, you and Jeremy. 
tell us what it's like to be able to develop in a clinical environment 24-7. Like you guys are 24-7 in a clinical environment. You're not separated. Talk about how that informs your process. Can I say something real quick about yesterday? Do it. Yeah, yeah so, so yesterday <laughs> I looked at my I looked at my chart and we have a, a gal, she's here, she's a, an older lady who we suspected she had a UTI. And uh, this was last week and she stayed sick and she wound up she had diverticulitis, which was a surprise because she had all the symptoms of a UTI. So um, I looked at it, I said, you would be really good if that temperature, she had a 99.8 degree temperature. I said, if that temperature actually turned red when it went over a certain number, and um, I, I came into development suite and uh, I, uh, I said to these guys, so kind of sarcastically, wouldn't that be great if that could happen? Someday you guys need to work on that. <laughs> and uh, Nate smirked at me and, uh, and Jeremy was behind the screen, so I couldn't see him smirking too. <laughs> I was smirking too. He probably was smirking. And uh, by the end of the day, uh, I hit those, uh, those vital signs numbers and the, the temperature on my chart turned red. Uh, when it was above 98.8 or whatever it was. Yeah, 99.5. Right, right, right. So it turns, it's black if it's under 98.6. It's yellow between uh, that and uh, 99.5. Above 99.5, it turns red. So, um, and that was instantaneous. So there are thousands and thousands of features like that, that for the purpose of improved clinical care and improved accuracy of decision-making for me. So when I... Boy, that would be easier for me to make a quick decision without having to review because um, my, my nursing staff does temperature generally. Uh -huh. So I might miss it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and those things happen because you know, we're human, but technology can make it much better for us. Instead of being an obstacle, it can be a, an accelerator. And so we were doing that and joking about it today. So ultimately the upshot is it is absolutely fun mm. to develop within the clinical practice when you see the outcome being something that's going to actually, it, it could potentially save people's lives, but it certainly will improve the clinical practice and everybody who uses it. Yeah. And there's so many features like that. And ultimately the way that we have onboarding, we want to have that same process happen where when someone in, someone is onboarded, that as we develop a breadth and depth of the kinds of practices we work with, we'll get better and better at it, but we'll continue to include features that are as, as good at making their practices better. Where yeah. the practices that we work with, they love EVA. Our onboarding so far has been, I think, relatively easy. There's a few that have been a little bit more involved because they have less experience. So at this point, we're looking at the less experienced practice yeah. as the practice that, um, you know, we're going to need, need more help. a little bit more work on it. Yeah. So, you guys yeah. talk about that. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just kick it off on that question because I wrote this down like four minutes into our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> on, um, being able to develop on site, that gives us a built in QA, built in testers, yeah. and immediate feedback. Yeah. So, if we do something that's not good or something that's not the way it should. We get someone can walk in here into our development suite and, hey, by the way, just like Dr. or Dr. Mohanio was saying, hey, by the way, this would be cool and we can do it immediately. Or yeah. this is not correct. It needs to be this done. So we yeah. get that feedback so quickly. Yeah, it's so hard to even begin to stress the value that that brings for us. Um, we're not we're not developing in a silo. You know, we're developing in a in a living, moving you know, breathing practice. Tornado. Uh, but what's so cool about that is that even beyond that, I mean, my wife's an RN, 
uh, Jeremy's wife is a nurse practitioner. So, I mean, we hear about it at home too, because our wives use the system. We're always thinking so about it. <laughs> we even have that on top of being in the practice. So it, it, we, we understand that um, we can't build this on our own. This mm -hmm. is an absolute team effort. Mm -hmm. uh, and the years and experience that Dr. J uh, obviously brings into this entire project is it's insurmountable. It's so valuable. And, um, the whole clinical staff. I and, mean, and then, yeah, then you bring that. the from front desk, uh, billing and, you know, that teamwork is what we thrive on because that we know that's what makes us better. And then the input from other practices that are using this, I mean, everyone uses their system differently, but, um, I think this is where a lot of, uh, companies, error uh, because they're built by people who are technical but not clinical um, and without that I, there's a massive hole uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a massive disconnect and, and frankly why I believe a lot of uh, practices really truly do hate their system they hate their their EMR it, also makes, it makes onboarding terrible when you are trying to onboard and I, I'm thinking about four onboardings in particular in my experience where I was onboarding with an awesome person, really loved them, but they had no clinical reference point. And so for me, the onboarding situation became pretty uh, arduous. It was just, it sucked really. It's just yeah, about yeah. Was it because I couldn't actually get the kind of feedback that I needed because each practice was individualized and I did need each system to do something a little bit different for that practice and what's nice is you know what i've seen is when we have people who onboard eva and you know you guys are still in clinic working with a live or organic open clinic right but you're also getting feedback from the clinics that we work with so that if someone comes through and they're onboarding and is like you know what i really think that this functionality is missing and we're hearing it across the board and yeah we can creatively say, this is how you can optimize the system to solve that problem. Or yeah, we can develop, move towards development for that in the future. I mean, that's that's a creative and active solution versus, hey, I'm working with someone who's hired to onboard. They're gonna go through the documentation they've been given. They can help me problem solve. And then that's it, right? And, and then the yeah. other option, which is, you know, you know your clinic, you're totally organized, you're ready to go, boom, you go in, you do your quick videos, you know your clinical workflows, you're done. You know, like that's, yeah, right. be able to work with a group of individuals that are constantly developing in a clinical environment, I just don't know if it exists, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, especially not in this way. Yeah, yeah no, we're- like at the VA or, you know, one of those sort of larger educational institutions that builds their own, but that's not an independent practice thing. Nobody no. has access to that. No. Well, and, and as an individual practice, I mean, good luck having a voice with whatever system you're yeah. working in. You know, it's, you know, we value those that are using it because they have real world experience using it. So we want to hear from that. Um, we do value that. And like you said, I mean, to your point, I mean, if, if, there's, if there's something coming up, our team is so agile. I mean, we work very quickly in making things happen um if they make sense right as a whole and that's our goal is to not just obviously um pa patient centric right not just help the patient but help the practice help help you enjoy your life again yeah as a physician you know like enjoy doing medicine that's what we're 
we do, you know, Dr. J. I mean, we, our, our team loves doing what we do. Why can't you have the same thing? Yeah. You know, that's what we're doing. You know, as you say, it's like the, 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 the corporate culture here, too. It, it is important that um, everyone who comes through here is has an experience that's good. So that it's, it's a positive experience. Yeah. And that's not really, the in my experience, in ERs and other clinics, that um, it's much more about throughput. It's, you know, um, get, get things done and get uh, get uh, insurance claims processed and get things moved through. Yeah. Um, we're here. There's a lot of value put on each individual. And this thing, this development cycle where the clinic mm -hmm. and the development team are engaged all the time, every day, every day. You know, we have lunch together. Yeah. You know, we, the clinic is humming and working. And if there's, a, if there's something that needs to be tweaked in the software, there's one extra click on the way to somewhere you need to go. It's we have, you know, a good conversation about it. that is a click that is not necessary and it gets mm -hmm. taken care of. But the same thing happens with the people we're onboarding because our culture is open to having yeah. that discussion. Yeah. Our development team understands how to work with clinicians directly. Yeah. They understand what it is mm -hmm. for a patient to be sick and to need urgent response. And mm -hmm. the doctors knee deep or hip deep or neck deep in their EMR, they're not getting the kind of attention and care no, that they need. No. And our development staff sees that live in person. Yeah. So they have some sensitivity to that. And, and culturally, That's there's so a very open communication between clinical and development and development and clinical. And, um, and because of that, yeah. it's a very different, very different environment than anything yes. I've ever seen. Yeah. And I think it shows up in the software itself, yeah. where the software, like the ghost in the machine, is is there's actually a a, a living vibrant uh, involvement of of every element the patient the development team the physician the NP yeah. all of it they're all involved and in all adding to the experience mm -hmm. and it is not like you said siloed there's not a, a, a isolated uh, one team's doing one thing and the other's doing the other right. and then they make a phone call or you know there's a, a meeting and a month later, something changes. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's a dynamic, living thing, yeah. and um, and Eva's good that way. And I think the onboarding process yeah. uh, mimics that to a degree. That's right. That's just who we are, right? I mean, like you say, culture. That's huge. Because I mean, our culture of service. I mean, we do serve one another all the time, and through onboarding, that's our, that's our goal. And like you said, I mean, if you choose a path of you know self learning, that's available if you're in that place to be able to do that. But our culture of service is here to help you get on the right path and be able to train Eva well to use it well and enjoy your life. I was, well, I was going to say, and not only that, working with our team's fun. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Not, you know, it's not like you're, you're hitting your head against the wall to try to get somebody to respond as if they care. You'll, you'll get an incredibly courteous, yeah. really concentrated um, level of care for everything. The way we take care of our patients and engage, we take care of our uh, customers that, that are licensed yeah. through Eva. And uh, it, and it just it reverberates through the whole thing. That's exactly right. I was stopped. So you do I, care. Yeah. I was wearing my Eva shirt um, this weekend, and someone stopped me and was like, "Hey, I'm a patient. I use Eva. I absolutely love it. I absolutely <laughs> I love cool. it." Uh, he, he, this, this, this person was just saying, you know, I've, I've used a lot of different systems in the past to manage my health, and I've never used something so nice and beautiful as Eva. And that was so cool to hear, like so random, yeah. Just from yeah. wearing my shirt, you know. So anyway, it does it does reverberate across practice, yeah. patients. It's part of who we are.
Well, I think the other being able to speak multiple languages literally allows you to go to different places and connect with different people and get to solutions, right? So Nathan speaks a bunch of languages, Dr. J does, Jeremy does, I do. And if we get to a point where, you know, I'm working with someone with onboarding and I'm not as proficient in that language, then I reach out to a team member that is. And so like, you know, yesterday I was talking to a team that has a tech team, you know, which is awesome. I speak tech great. And so for me, it was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is going to be so smooth. And I was like, you know, telling them about how to organize their data. And they were like, yeah, we totally get it. They were really excited. And then, you know, the next day I have to talk to the providers that are part of that group. And it's a totally different conversation in onboarding, right? It's a totally different way to approach the learning kind of um, initiative. And, and so I think being able to have team members on Eva, like within Eva Health that can speak to so many different roles is super helpful. Um, and I, I love that, you know, our onboarding is also like our product. It's constantly evolving. Um, it meets the needs of our patients, our clients, right? Um, and it meets the needs of the providers that we work with to give them a really well-balanced life. It's worth the investment. And this is kind of where I want to, you know, end our talk today. It's worth the investment to put your time and money into the system that runs your practice, right? I mean, bottom line, it's worth more to have an efficient running system that patients are getting good outcomes because we know the strongest marketing is by word of mouth, especially in medicine. Yeah. And what are some of your su suggestions individually to a successful onboarding? What could you give to somebody out there that says, all right, I want to do a successful onboarding. What do they, what are some suggestions you have? Let us help you. Yeah. <laughs> do what Aaron says. Yeah. <laughs> do, do Aaron's coursework. Do, do the, we, we carefully put together. Well, that, that onboarding stuff. Well, I, I, I would say, I would say, like a successful practice, like setting up a successful practice. What does that work to you? Like, yeah. Can you put a number to that? Yeah. Well, can you really? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you, we have different paths, but let let those who have done this mm -hmm. and and know know the the right path. Yeah. Like, help. Let us help you. Yeah. That, that's the good you, Jim. So, like, transparency is really mm -hmm. key in onboarding because if you don't tell us what you do and what you need yeah we can't help you yeah like the information that you give us is is the best we can do yeah <laughs> yeah so if you're not straightforward or transparent we can't really help you yeah to succeed yeah that's great i would not to say maybe it's in that same kind of line it's like so many people have if you've been in medicine for any length of time you've tried a few different EMRs because they're all difficult to work with at times. Some are better than others, but none are as good as EVA that I've seen. Um, and I think most people approach the idea of onboarding another EMR. Oh my gosh, it's like a dental appointment. So worse than the world. <laughs> nothing could be worse because it is, it, it can be very unpleasant. Um, and and you got to deal with your staff, you got to deal with all the other junk. With EVA, it is not. EVA is a beautiful, brilliant system, not a yes. clunky, Excel sheet, it's not. Yeah. And because of that, I think what I'd say for onboarding is approach it with a fresh set of eyes, yeah. um, you know, and and, mm -hmm. and allow it to be something instead of your same old EMR, 
It's not an EMR. It's far more than that. Yeah. It's a comprehensive patient platform that is thought through to the most minute detail since 2003, yes. how to provide in-depth care for the most difficult patients in a seamless, really highly, highly uh, clarified and refined way. And it works. Yeah. It works so well that we we work, we start work at 9, 9.30 in the morning. We see 20, 25 patients and we're out by four o'clock out the door within five or 10 minutes of the last patient. Yeah. Um, and we don't spend our time behind the screen. We don't document like that. We have big screens in the room. We look at the patients and we engage with them the whole time. They tell me, I'm not on that medicine anymore because it's up on the screen. Their prescription uh, graphics are up on the screen. And it's amazing the difference in EVA. I think <laughs> just to be able to give yourself the opportunity to really enjoy what great technology can do yes. and not condemn it to that ancient you know, 10 and 15 year old technology, which most uh, EMRs are running on. It's old technology, but I mean, we're completely compliant with every high tech act and the cares act. And we've been open notes for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've been doing this right. According to the new laws way before the laws were enacted because yeah. it was the right way to do them. Yeah. Um, and all of the stuff that's in meaningful use and all those other things it's included, but it's not part of our, the, the beating that a, uh, onboarding normally is. It's part of good patient care and it's just included in EVA. And it's not uh, a laborious and ugly uh, episode. It's instead an opportunity to join a community that's really doing a great job, really revolutionizing technology and patient care. So yeah, yeah so maybe that's a long-winded way to say, don't let your old EMR experience keep you from really enjoying EVA because it's fun. Yeah, I, I literally just wrote down fun. fun. The word fun. <laughs> yeah. Hard to mention an EMR replacement, which is what this is, which replacing yeah. EMR. Well, like, yeah. like I said earlier at the beginning, I mean this this presents you a whole new uh, world that's open to you now uh, to do the things that you want to do. So don't start it by trying to just go back to the old. Let us help you, you know, choose an onboarding path that allows us to walk hand in hand with you uh, to get you to the right, uh, uh, you know, to the right place that you want to practice, the way that you want to practice. I would really suggest that. You know, Dr. J, you shared a story with me, uh, oh gosh, maybe last week or the week before, I can't remember, but pretty recently where you were a brand new medical student and you walked into a room and you had a medical assistant who was helping out a patient you were struggling with the oxygen trying to get it on and you you know she said it's okay for you to say you don't know how to do something and and how liberating that is to say you know what i don't know and i actually had a very similar experience when i was in nursing school and it was also a medical assistant who had been in the world longer than i had been alive and for me you know i I think learning the moment that I learned to say, hey, you know what, I actually don't know what kind of onboarding I need. I don't know what kind of support I need. I'm not really sure. I've not done it this way before. I think that's super liberating and it allows us to support you. Um, and saying I don't know is never a bad thing, especially in our company because we say it too. I mean, we are humans. If we don't know something or we are learning something, I'm transparent about that. Um, and that that's, I'm always hoping to learn. I'll learn from every provider I work with. And that's something that I cherish every moment of. 
But if you don't know this is an environment, what if you don't know what you need to take your practice to the next level, maybe it's a new practice or an existing one, please say that because then we can offer our services to you. We can say this, this is the areas we can help with. Um, and that to me, I don't see that in any other onboarding. I've just not. You brought up the story, so I'll make it brief. But that lady who said to me, that older woman, she said to me, Sugar, it's okay to not know. Yeah. And the way she handled it was so, just so inviting to say, I don't know. And it was one of the best lesson I learned in the whole year of medical school was how to say, I don't know. And it was, it was brought to me by a woman who was so kind. Yeah. And she was so gentle with it. Instead of saying, you don't know, you're dumb. It was, well, honey, it's okay. You don't know. And it, it was just super sweet. Yeah. And I would hope that we could offer that same kind of, we'll work with you. We're not going to have any, anything yeah. but, you know, uh, respect for somebody who understands when there's a shortfall and you're understanding something because you haven't been experienced or experienced with or seen it before. And Eva, you haven't ever seen before, I promise you. Yeah. If you haven't seen Eva, you've not seen anything like it because it's a brand new world of, yes. of take care of patients and technology. So, um, yeah. So. Well, even in the internally the development team, we we always say, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Or we'll ask someone yeah. someone to help us. We can we can always get it done. And just sometimes you just don't know. Yep. And that's okay. And that's okay. Well, I'll leave this with, you know, I'll, I'm going to offer at the bottom of our pot on the page um, on our website, I'm going to offer some videos that kind of dive a little bit deeper into what is EVA, what is EVA core for people to explore and also take a look at clinical workflow um, and, you know, use that as a resource. But I always recommend um, if you're interested in learning more, fill out the demo form. We've actually added a few more questions so that we can help you identify how you know what services we can offer you with yeah. what what you're doing like what your business and your medical practice is doing and where you're at um and we've learned that from our own experience onboarding other providers and clinics and so i invite you to check out our resources hang out with us uh, on our future podcast where we're going to go a little bit diving deep into more of the clinical application of eva and with dr j and his nurse practitioner kayla so we're super excited about that but until then, come and hang out with us on a demo. I mean, it's always fun. So Absolutely. Yes. Yes. All right. Come see on. you later. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Aaron. Okay. That was a long one, but a good one. So this is the last episode of season one where we've really introduced everybody to Eva, talked about some, you know, topics that people are interested in, dive down into uh, issues that exist with technology and healthcare, and really with this last episode, we, you know, we wanted to end on onboarding again because it can be the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? It can be a really terrible experience for a lot of individuals, um, specifically if we're talking about kind of onboarding in the traditional sense, how it used to be. Generally, you don't hear uh, a, a clinic say, gosh, we loved our onboarding for our new medical software. I just want to go and do it again, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, what we're really trying to do here with onboarding is not repeat that and to create an individualized experience so that you can have a software that helps you meet your every single day needs, uh, focused on patient outcomes 
and taking care of the business as well as giving you as the owner or provider a wonderful health, um, life, work balance. So that's our goal. Um, I have added a few resources to the webpage that has this podcast on it. Um, really some videos, some sketch videos about is Eva right for you, one and two, and then some videos that really kind of briefly go over clinical workflows and what those look like and how to kind of organize your clinical workflows for Eva. So it gives you insight into our system. Um, Now that we're done with season one, keep a lookout for our next session of podcasts. It'll be a little mini series with uh, Dr. Mahoney and his nurse practitioner, Kayla, And they're going to talk about the use of EVA with some specific clinical uh, situations and be super exciting. Make sure to visit us at evahealth.com slash podcast to see all of our episodes and explore all the resources. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me on the EVA podcast. I'm Erin, your host, and I'll see you next time.